This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers, they're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey there, stackers. Welcome to a very rare thing on the Stacky Benjamin Show, a Saturday episode of the Stacky Benjamin Show. Happy holiday week weekend. Boxing day. You're right. Boxing day. Are, are your kids boxing already? They've never stopped. <laughs> my brother and I thought that it would be a good idea. One holiday week, my uh, parents went over to a friend's house to go to an adults-only Christmas party. Ooh la la. Well, not, not, not an adult-themed Christmas party. Oh. More, more like a work, you know, function kind of thing. And my brother and I decided that we would have a pillow fight that was like a boxing match. And we do it in the living room because that's where all my mom's expensive figurines are. You can show your skills a lot better when you shuck and jive around the china cabinet. <laughs> so it's amazing. And I remember not only did we break my mom's beautiful trust, trust. Well, her, we, we, we broke mom's trust, but we broke her bald eagle statue that had the uh, wings out. And mom didn't figure out until baby, I'm thinking it's 10 years ago. She's looking at her figurine and goes, look at this. It looks like the arm broke off and somebody put it back on. And my brother and I had totally forgotten that we'd done that. And I felt horrible. My 40-year-old self felt very horrible. But I do remember hitting my brother pretty hard and laughing about it. And then looking up and here's a pillow just coming at my face at the speed of sound. And it hits <laughs> and it hits me in the side of the head. And he's got, you know, it's a, these goose down pillows. And we figured out early on in the fight, cause we'd go two minutes and then stop. And by the way, two minutes is a hell of a long time. It's a lot of time. Oh, yeah, it is. we're exhausted. I think we made it to like the seventh round and the last two rounds we were just, it was horrible. But anyway, he hits me in the side of the head and this is in maybe round five. And uh, this is when he scored his knockdown because <laughs> hits me on the side of the head and it just, my inner ear goes crazy and the room starts spinning. And next thing you know, I'm down on the ground. Down goes Joe. From a pillow fight. Not, not great. But today, for those of you who are new to this and didn't hear yesterday's show, OG and I, because to put it mildly, 2020 was a quirky year. We're counting down our quirkiest episodes of the Stacking Benjamin Show. Who are some of the guests that you did not expect? Yesterday, we had an accountant spy, Tracy Conan, on Forensic Accountant. Today, we're going to go way back. This is episode 28 of the show, OG. And by the way, we're about to celebrate episode 1000, not including all the Rewind episodes. So we may be actually closer to 1,100, 1,200 episodes of the show. Well, when you count the branding, before Stacking Benjamins, those shows too. 
We're probably at 1,200. We used to have a short show on Fridays, though, called The Short Stack. And on that show, we featured a woman named Anna Corwin. Anna was an anthropology PhD candidate at UCLA, and she wrote a piece as part of her degree for Yes, the Magazine. And the piece was about why nuns seem to live longer than other people. When she looked at lifespan, OG, it turned out that nuns live longer. And she talked about why, and it's funny, it was over 950 episodes ago. And still, one of the episodes I talk about more when I talk about the show than any other. Just a couple things before we have Richie, our producer, hit play on this old episode. This is from a long time ago, so... The sound quality may not be what it is today. This is from 2013. Uh, Different theme music, different, uh, completely different style of show. But it was still the Stacking Benjamins podcast back in the day in short form. Happy weekend, everybody. Here it comes. How to live longer and prosper. Wait, where have I heard that before? Stacking Benjamins Short Stack, episode 28E. Raindrops on roses. And whiskers on kittens, bright copper kettles and warm wooden mittens, Live from my parents' basement, it's The Short Stack, an interview with a Stacking Benjamins guest that's so good that mom wanted us to add it to a special show all its own. This is episode 28-E. The E is for exciting. We have a really exciting and also, if I can use another E word, kind of exotic topic for this podcast. Have you ever wondered how you could make more money faster? I bet you think about that all the time, don't you? Would it help if you were healthier? More healthy? What's the correct term there? Well, one group of people are healthier than the rest. Our guest today is going to share how you can be more like them. But before we introduce our guest, let's make sure you've been introduced to Amazon.com before the holidays. Holidays are coming and you can grab those same great Amazon deals without having to leave the comfort of your chair. And you can help the podcast at the same time. Here's how you do it. Just go to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash Amazon to let them know that you listen. And thanks to everybody who's done it so far. That has been a big help for us. So when I think back to my career as an entrepreneur, I've always found that I'm more focused and I'm a better worker when I'm in shape. And if I'm not feeling well, everything grinds to a halt. So who is it that's picked the lock on this long, healthy life? Well, let's ask our guest. Anna Corwin writes for Yes, the magazine. Welcome to the basement, Anna. Thank you. Glad to be here. Now, you not only write for Yes, the magazine, you're also finishing your uh, doctorate at UCLA in anthropology. That's right. Yes. And and you specialize in aging, well-being and social interaction. That's right. So who are these people, Anna, who are healthier than the rest of us? Catholic nuns, American Catholic nuns have been found to be, to live longer lives, but also to be healthier and happier at the end of their lives. That's pretty amazing because I went to Catholic school and I will tell you that those people were sheer evil. (laughs) (laughs) What denomination were the nuns you were, who who taught you? I want, you know, it was, it was uh, seventh and eighth grade. 
Okay. And I don't remember. Uh, they were the evil denomination. I want to say the I, I want to say Marist, but I don't even know if that's a is that a denomination of Catholic nuns? Um, it could be. I don't know. Maybe. It could <laughs> be. <laughs> I, I don't know, but you find some Catholic nuns are healthier than other Catholic nuns. Um, I actually, it's a good question. I'm not sure, um, but I've I've started wondering that that may be my next project. Yeah, like take it a step further. But you had yeah. in this particular story that we'll link to on our show notes at stackingbenjamins.com, you had six reasons that I found really compelling why Catholic nuns are healthier than the rest of us. And I thought if you don't mind, we, we would walk through why they have such longevity. Sure, sure. So the first one is that they keep moving. What's that all about? Yes, there's actually been this enormous epidemiological study of Catholic nuns, and um, it's called the Nun Study. It's out of Kentucky, headed up by this epidemiologist named David Snowden, and he's found basically that that Catholic nuns are more active at the end of their lives than the rest of us. Um, part of that is because they keep working basically until they can't anymore. They keep teaching, helping each other, being nurses, whatever they're doing. So they're on their feet more than the rest of us. And that's one of the keys to healthy aging is just keep moving. It doesn't have to be, you know, hardcore exercise on a treadmill, but just stay on your feet, keep moving. Um, and it, it makes a big difference. I find that interesting because when I was a financial planner and I never had any empirical uh, studies to go to like this one, mm -hmm. but it always seemed to me like people would have this goal of retirement and then they mm -hmm. would retire and they no longer had this list of goals. And there always seemed to be these people that would live for maybe, I don't know, maybe another two years and then they'd pass away. And yeah. I have to think it's because the nun has something to do every day of their life. And a lot of people think of retirement as kind of this goal line. Absolutely. Yeah. That's like they, they reach it and then they, and we all think, you know, as we're working, we all think, oh, when I retire, I won't have to do anything anymore. Right. Um but that that's not a good recipe for, you know, for if, if you want to be healthy and happy and live a long time, it's not it's not a good plan. Yeah, it doesn't sound healthy at all. What was number two? Number two was practicing positive emotions. Uh, one thing that I've been curious about, I'm not a, I'm not Catholic. I'm not even a religious person. But one thing that I've been very curious about is the role of prayer and the nuns, um, of course, they spend a lot of hours each day praying. And it's been found that prayer really positively impacts health, well-being, all of that. But one way that that can sort of translate, one thing that prayer does for people, for the nuns and for other people who pray, is it's a way of practicing experiencing positive emotions. So when people pray, they experience, or especially, I mean, I guess it depends on the God that you're praying to, but especially the Catholic nuns I work with, when they pray, they feel that they are experiencing and, and communing with somebody who loves them. So they get these experiences of peace and love and calmness, these really positive emotions, and they practice those, you know, they experience that every day. And that can actually change the brain. You know, there's this new model of, of brains as of as plastic. And so this this model of neuroplasticity. And so this advice that I have of practicing positive emotions can translate really to people who are not religious as well. If you every day, you know, if you find the things that make you happy, that bring you peace, that make you calm, that make you feel love, watching a sunset, whatever it might be, do those things instead of the things that make you feel anxious and make you feel, you know, worried, whatever else. And, and that actually will have a major, well, can make a major difference. 
in well-being in and and in health what fired me up about this this point too anna was that you know i've always kind of believed that it isn't what happens to you in life it's how you process it you know how mm -hmm. you take it and and change it and just the 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 practice of trying to take the world as it is and making it more positive through mm -hmm. your process is a powerful thing Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You, it makes a big difference because you really can't change the world. I mean, ultimately we can try as we might. You really can't change the world. And oh, you I can't can. force the world. Yeah. <laughs> you can. <laughs> yeah, probably not. But, <laughs> if, if mom ever lets us out of the basement, you know, right. we will change, change the world. What, what's the third thing on your list? The third thing is have a purpose and work for it. This kind of gets back to what you were talking about that people sort of look to retirement as this moment when they can just relax, you know, and not do anything, not have to do anything. But one thing that is remarkable about the nuns, I was in the infirmary, I was visiting with this 95-year-old nun um, who I call Sister Frances. Um, she's in, she can't walk anymore. She's, you know, she's really up there. She's 95. She has an electric wheelchair. And I was interviewing her and I was asking her sort of, you know, what do you do with your day? And um, she said, well, I visit the infirm. And it took me a second because I was thinking, wait, who who is more infirm than you? Um, <laughs> yeah. But it turns out she really does. Every day, every afternoon, she, you know, takes her wheelchair and she visited, visits the sisters down the hall and she talks with them and tries to make their days a little bit better. And the nuns are remarkable at this. They, they find things to do, to contribute, ways that they can contribute to the world, even when they are we you know very old or not physically able or whatever else and that makes a big difference this sense of we think that not having anything to do will make us happy but actually actually it makes us happy to feel like we've contributed to the world there's something about having a purpose having a sense that you are you have a reason to live that really can positively impact physical well-being and and mental well-being what a powerful role model she is too that just really know, just hearing yeah. that story i get fired up hey isn't this a fantastic interview with anna oh gee sitting here it's seven in the morning and you're just chewing on popcorn listening to this well it's not popcorn it's chex mix <laughs> We've been through that. I love Chex Mix. You're a huge Chex Mix fan. I, I always forget. And you've got the pumpkin spice latte. PSLs, yep. Which all the cool kids call it. Hey, OG, you want to hear something amazing if you pay your credit cards off every month? I like amazing things. Discover. Amazing. How about this? Bam, Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically with no limit on how much you can earn. How amazing is that, huh? Free money on top of free money. In fact, it's even more amazing because of all the places where Discover is accepted, 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes, 2020 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. Well, do you want to rent your home? Sure you do, but I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy though? Bundling policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or your renter's insurance along with your auto policy. And it's a good thing too, because you already have so much to do around your house. And especially this week, you don't want to be dealing with all these financial mumbo jumbo things. You want to be enjoying your family. So go to Geico.com, get a quote and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. You know, we've interviewed on the show, Annie Duke and Bill Perkins 
And those two people are not only some of the best thinkers that we've talked to on the show, OG. They also have something else in common. Both were professional poker players. Strategists is what I would think they are. I think talking to them, it's managing odds, right? It's it's knowing what the odds are of winning. And then, and Bill Perkins said this earlier this year, putting leverage behind good decisions. Right. Well, if you're somebody that wants to start thinking about odds and thinking about how to increase your chances of winning, maybe having some fun here during the last week of the year with the World Series of Poker app would be a ton of fun. World Series a poker app is a great way to improve your poker skills, look at odds, figure out chances of winning, and guess what? It's free to download. So if you're tired of social distancing, now you can easily set up a virtual poker game with your friends as the number one free poker game, World Series of Poker, always has tons of players online to match up against whenever you want to play. Be on the lookout for all the crazy and fun events coming up, by the way, this holiday season. It is a super easy to get into app. I like all the different modes that they have in the app. And best of all, how about this? You can get 1 million chips as a bonus gift when you join today. So what's the holdup? They wrote, ah. they wrote that one, not me. But that's, that's pretty good World Series of Poker people. Download the World Series of Poker app in the Apple App Store or on Google Play and Amazon Now. And don't forget to use the stacker promo code WSOP Stacking. WSOP stacking for 1 million bonus chips when you sign up. It's 1 million bonus chips when you download the World Series Poker app using promo code WSOP stacking. All right, OG, let's get back to our discussion with Anna Corwin and uh, why nuns live longer. So, but, but number four kind of goes hand in hand with that, I think. You know, you, you said contribute, but number four is maintain a community. Contributing mm-hmm. to that community is a big part of why they live longer. I was talking to somebody who said that his mother no longer wants to answer the phone because she she's 95 and she feels that every time she answers the phone, somebody else she knows has died. Mm. And I think that one problem in the United States and a lot of the West is that we tend to maintain um, community with just people who are our same age, people who are our peers. And I think there's something very important um, for all of us at any stage of life to have community and to have connections with people who are different ages and, you know, in different parts of the world. And if everyone you know is aging and everyone you know is, you know, at the end of life, it can get very lonely and very isolating. And one thing that the nuns do really well is connect with each other and connect with other people and connect with people sort of at different ages and different stages of life. And that's something I think any of us can do that can be really, really positive, really positively affect our lives. Yeah, because I think on one end, if you're interfacing with people that are younger than you, you get that you kind of pick up that youthful exuberance. And mm-hmm. if you interface with people older than you, which I think a lot of people are afraid to do because of this whole aging process, but you, you get their wisdom and you get a lot of the, you know, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. They can help you guide you through some career things or life things that you might not have the experience to handle on your own. Absolutely. Yeah. And, but number five, it's funny how these all are, are interrelated. Your fifth one also has to do with death. Yeah. This fifth one is that it's never too early to face death. And I think this one is really hard. It's really hard for, for all of us. And one thing that the convent kind of does for the nuns um, especially the, it, not all convents do it. This the particular Franciscan convent that I worked in did this, and was that they asked every single nun when they retired 
to plan their own funeral and to think about, and it sounds a little bit morbid. I mean, to have to, we have a real tendency not to want to think about the end of life, especially our own lives or the people we love. But this process of thinking for them of planning who they want to participate in the funeral, how they also um, are asked to think about how they want to die. Do they want to be in a room with, you know, a ton of people? Do they want it to be like a party or do they want, you know, to be alone with maybe a good friend and some music playing? And that's both helpful to the institution because the institution can kind of have this and rely on it when it is their end of lifetime. But um, it also is really helpful for the nuns themselves, because even though, you know, they believe in God, they have this sense that they're going to heaven. And so death is actually something of a positive, you know, is is not as negative as it might be for other people. It's something of a positive thing um, to go to heaven, to die. It's still really terrifying for anyone. But to have thought about it, to have faced it, to have made plans, it it takes away a lot of the fear and it really helps people. And I think that, I think at any stage of life, it can be really helpful and really assuage some of those fears that we have to sort of start making plans. And for you, you know, for your audience, making financial plans is, it's, is really important too. It takes off the burden of, it takes the burden off oneself, but also the people who are left behind. Right. I think to myself, the earlier you deal with that also, the better off you're going to be. Mm-hmm. Because I, I don't know, I, I was just reading this thing in the on, online today about the hunter who fell out of a tree stand. You might have read this story and decided uh, for himself that that he he would rather pass away, and they took him off of life support. But to have a guy who's in his early thirties who's already dealt with that is pretty uncommon. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is uncommon, yeah, and it can. Yeah. It also, it helps sort of emotionally if it's, it's scary. I mean, the more you've done before you're at that horrible time of, you know, maybe not horrible, but at that time of having to sort of sort it all out, the more you've done in advance, the easier it can all be. And I love the last one is a financial planner on your list, Anna, and I'm glad it's mm-hmm. it's the last point here because it's so apropos for people thinking about financial planning. So many people want things, they want more, and <laughs> you say here in number six, getting rid of the, this quest for more also makes them more healthy? Yes, it really does. This idea of letting go of attachments, and this is something that the nuns do all their lives. They start when they join the convent, they take these vows, a vow, and one of the vows is a vow of poverty, which means that they, you know, they vow to, and they think, you know, this is connected to their spiritual quest of sort of not being attached to material things. And then, but what it means is that they don't, they practice giving things away. They practice, um, and they also practice, they, they take a vow of obedience. So they practice not being not determining where they're going to go and what they're going to do at at all times and that can be hard it's hard throughout the life to sort of not be in charge or to not acquire new things or to give things away instead of acquiring them but it gives them a lot of practice that can help at the end of life so that when they you know can't walk anymore or or can't work anymore and they have to retire or they have to move to an infirmary they kind of have adjusted. They have practiced giving up things, letting go, mm. and um, and it really helps with those transitions when they have to let go of their job or let go of where they had been living. And so I think that for those of you know, we can 
we live in a very materialistic world, but if we can start practicing that early on, letting go of what you want, letting go of the things you want, letting go, it can really help for the times when you must let go, when you are sort of forced to let go of those things. Well, I think there's an ancillary thing, and maybe this is a want too, maybe I'm completely wrong here, correct me if I am, which is that living for experiences and being a part of something bigger than yourself might be, might be something bigger than living for bubbles anyway. Yes, absolutely. I mean, if you think about the sort of the emotional trajectory of want of acquiring something material, you it maybe feels really good when you're anticipating it and it feels really good maybe at that moment that you get it, whatever it is, but then that re- that fades fast. But yeah, living for being, living for beauty, living for, you know, getting your fulfillment out of things that are internal, that that lasts. Well, this is a very powerful piece, Anna. And like I said before, we'll link to it on our show notes at Stacking Benjamins. But tell us a little bit about where I found this about Yes, the magazine. So I, um, so this is actually the only piece I've written for Yes so far. But Yes is a fantastic magazine. You can find it at um, yesmagazine.org. And they, um, their goal is to write positive message news. Basically, the idea is that there's so much... There's so many negative messages out there, so much negative news out there. They want to write articles about what is positive going on in the world and also sort of the good things that can be done to change all that negative stuff out there, sort of good changes going on and what people can do that's positive. It is. If you want some positivity, if you're having a really bad day, I think you go to that website. Yes. Just job one. And then what's up next for Anna Corwin? What are you working on? Oh, that's a great question. Well, um, the biggest thing, I guess, is is finishing this dissertation and and publishing it as as a book. So that you can look for a book for me for a year or two on um, on the nuns and healthy aging. That'd be cool. We'd love to have you on again when you finish it, Anna. Great. I, I look forward to that. That would be fantastic. Uh, if you had one piece of advice that you gleaned from working with the nuns, one thing that our listeners can take away from this that's bigger than anything else, what would you say that one piece of advice would be? I think the biggest piece of advice is just this positive idea that aging, although it's inevitable, can be a beautiful, positive experience and that it doesn't need to be dreaded, that there are really small things you can do in your life that can, at any stage, that can make aging and the end of life beautiful and loving and enjoyable. Well, that's going to do it for this week, everybody. Hey, we're playing a game on these short stack episodes. If you can guess the game and the answer to the game, send me a note at joe at stackingbenjamins.com. And if you are the first one to do so, you'll be in line to win a $20 Amazon gift card. How about that? We've had a lot of guesses so far, but have we had a correct one? Well, you're going to find out where the game's finished. We'll see everybody next Monday on the Big Stacking Benjamins podcast. Thanks for hanging out with us, Anna. Thank you. Music on this show is from Incompetech.com.
Well, Stackers, the show might be over, but the celebrations are just beginning because it is Military Appreciation Month that I want to celebrate people like my brother-in-law, Eric, who is such a giving person. Eric will do just anything for you. And as a Marine, you can see that his time in the military taught him to be a guy who gives to his community, gives to his family, and is always there when you need them. This Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate members like Eric who go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Navy Federal's employees are part of the community they serve. Many of them are military family members, reservists, or veterans. And all branches of the military, veterans, DOD employees, and their families are eligible for Navy Federal membership. In fact, there are so many resources on the Navy Federal website, resources like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate and you'll see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.